Hi, welcome to Let's Talk While We Walk. I'm Quabia Francis, your host. It is great to have you joining with me. Thanks so much for listening. We will continue our conversation about trust. I want to start off with a definition. I introduced this to you last week, and this is a definition from Strong's Concordance. I had my own little um, acronym that I used, but today I want us to move forward even from that so we can dig further into the Word of God and what it says regarding how we are to trust God. The definition of trust is to trust in, to have confidence, be confident, to be bold, to be secure. Now, here's the thing, the whole idea of trusting, it is something that I believe that happens over time. It is not based on a feeling, and it is most definitely not a feeling. When it comes to our trust in God, I believe that our ability to have confidence in him and our ability to be bold for him and be secure in our relationship with him and what we believe he can do, I believe it's very much based on the things that we've seen potentially God do on our behalf. It might be things that God has spoken directly to your spirit. It might be things that God has done on your behalf or on other people's behalf. The more that we see God move and things happen in our favor, it's actually easy to trust God, right? Um, I have to say, the more that I've been looking at this whole idea of trusting God, it really does sound a lot like an Old Testament concept with regards to faith. So I'm, I'll be honest with you, chances are my next podcast um, in August will probably start to towards the end of July, beginning of August will probably end up being about faith because I believe faith and trust are tied together. The trust that we see specifically revealed in the word of God, believe it or not, and if you look it up yourself, you'll see every time trust is mentioned, it's mentioned in the Old Testament. I did not see instances of trust in the New Testament, but what I did see in the New Testament was faith. So that's why I believe the two go hand in hand. Trust in God is most definitely based in who he is to us, most definitely based on how he is moved in our lives and maybe what he has revealed to us, as I said not long ago. Now, what happens quite often with human beings, uh, we are skeptical because we've had instances where people have given us reasons to not trust. But we have to remember that our Heavenly Father, the Spirit of the Living God, our Almighty Father, he is not like us. Thank God he's not like us. The reality is if there's anyone that we're going to trust, it ought be God. He is more than worthy and more than someone that we can actually trust. So the next example that I want us to look at when it comes to trust is the fact that, and I, I guess more of a, a, a benefit of trusting God, when we trust God, he'll help us. I'm going to say that again. When we trust in God, when we trust God, he will help us. Now, last week we looked at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You're welcome to listen to that podcast if you have a minute. But this week specifically, we are looking at 1 Chronicles chapter 5. That's 1 Chronicles chapter 5. I'm going to read a few verses from 1 Chronicles chapter 5 just to establish who is in this. We're talking primarily about the Reubenites or the, the sons of Reuben the Gadites or the sons of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh. Okay. 
So I'm going to start from first Chronicles chapter five. Now the sons of, and this is verse number one, and I am reading from the new American standard version of the Bible. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that he is not enrolled in the genealogy according to birthright. Now, firstborn, let me say really quickly before I read verse number two, the firstborn of Israel is blessed. They are blessed because first off, they come out of, you know, they, they're firstborn from their, their mother, right? Um, but they're also many times the father give them an extra blessing before they pass on. Now for Reuben, in his instance, when his father found out he slept with his concubine, it was his father's concubine, Bilhah, I believe was her name. And you can find that in Genesis chapter 35, verse number 22. When his father found out, he didn't give him that blessing. So he removed him and whatever blessing he was going to give to him went to the sons of Joseph, all right, or the sons of Israel. So going back to verse number two, though Judah prevailed over his brothers and from him came the leader, yet the birthright belonged to Joseph. So again, Reuben didn't get it. It went to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, and I, I won't read that. I'm going to skip over that. Sorry, because I, I forgot to mention, just so you know. Chronicles is genealogy, genealogy, meaning the names of the different uh, children of Israel, the different tribes and everyone that made up the tribes. So I'm not going to read verse two, three, or four. Also verse five, we're going to skip down a little further. Okay. Join with me as I start reading again at verse number nine to the East. He settled as far as the entrance of the wilderness from the river Euphrates, because their cattle had increased in the land of Gilead, in the saints, the days of Saul, listen to this, this is important, verse number 10, in the days of Saul, they made war with Hagrites, with the Hagrites, who fell by their hand, so that they occupied their tents throughout all the land east of Gilead. Now, I believe this, verse number 10, is important because first off, it mentions another group of individuals, the Hagrites. The Hagrites are actually from the descendants of Ishmael. Now, if you remember Ishmael, Ishmael is a son of who? Abraham. So remember with Abraham, he had Ishmael and he had Isaac. So they're brothers, right? So it would be safe to say that the descendants of Ishmael are also relatives to the children of Israel. But interesting enough, they did not get on, as you can tell. So in verse number 10, the, the, the Reubenites, when they went into the land, it says that they made war. The word, the concept to make war, literally they went to war. They went against the Hagrites and God gave them the land. Remember the promised land was promised to the children of Israel. Now, even though, and some would say, oh, it's the Ishmaelites. No, it's not. It's Isaac. Because guess what? Isaac was that, that proper firstborn from his wife. Now, yes, Abraham had Ishmael, who was technically Abram's firstborn, but and another lesson I'll have to go through, but that's more permissive will. Um, the perfect will of God was Isaac because that was what he promised through his wife, Sarah. Abram, Abram and Sarah were promised Isaac. So that's why the blessing is specifically for him. And remember I said the blessing, it actually comes from not the father per se, but the mother. It's the mother. When you're born first, there's a special blessing that is upon you. Now I want you to see that they received the land. When they went to law, war with the, the Hagrites, they received the war. The, they received the land. 
Okay. The land is where they ended up settling. And it says it was land east of Gilead. So the land wasn't unoccupied. It was occupied and they took it from the Haggites that they won against. Verse 11, now the sons of Gad lived opposite to them in the land of Bashan, as far as Salakah. So their relatives were right across from them. Okay. I'm not going to read 12 and 13 because again, that's more genealogy, right? So we're going to skip down to verse number, I want you to see verse number 18. I'm going to read verse 18 through 20 and verse 20 is where we're going to stop and really discuss a lot today. Verse number 18, the sons of Reuben and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, consisting of valiant men, men who bore shield and sword and shot with bow and were skillful in battle, were 44,000, 44,760 total. They all went to war. Look at verse number 19. They made war against the Hagrites, Jeter, Nafish, and Nodabat, Nodab. Now, each of these individuals are descendants of Ishmael. When I looked up just who they were, each were descendants of Israel. I'm sorry, of Ishmael. And so some of this you can find in Genesis 25, verse 15, but also 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 31. So look at verse number 20. They were helped against them, and the Hagrites and all who were with them were given into their hand for they cried out to god in the battle he answered their prayers because he they trusted in him now you see why god has us in this right this whole idea of trusting god right here god will help us when we trust god my friends please know he will help us i i can see why because really by trusting god we're saying God, I don't like the situation. And again, the reality is many of the situations we encounter when we struggle with trusting God, it's not because it's a good situation. It's because there's a challenge. It's because there's an issue. It's because we don't see any way out. But guess what? It's not for us to see the way out. God is faithful. He is ever so faithful. Again, he is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, he will do it. Now, here's the thing. There are times that we go for things that God hasn't said for us to do. That's a whole nother discussion and a whole nother Bible study. But the point being, God is faithful. Man, he's so good that even sometimes when we go for things and we encounter situations that we put ourselves in, God still has a way of helping us out. But going back to verse number 20, 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 20, I want you to hear this. They were helped against them. So remember, we're looking at the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Now, when I looked up why it says the half-tribe of Manasseh, Ephraim and Manasseh were considered to be one, interesting enough. So that's why they're referred to as the half-tribe of Manasseh here, because the other half was Ephraim, and they were not with them in this instant. They were not living in this area. It was the Reubenites, the Gadites, and those that were from Manasseh, the descendants of Manasseh. Verse number 20 says, they were helped. Now, to me, that's an important thing. Before we see anything else, we see that they received help. Guess what? I believe that they needed help. They only had 44, this is 44,760 of them went to war. Believe me, there was many more from what I read in a commentary that I have, and it's the Believer's Bible Commentary. It basically said that they went up against a much larger and a more capable army, but yet they got help. The Bible says that they received help. 
and the Hagrites, and it says all of that were with them. Their names weren't even mentioned, but we know who they are in verse 19. Every last one of them was given into the hand of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the Manassites. Now, it's so significant because also remember the Reubenites were the same ones that they lost their birthright. They were not mentioned as the firstborn. And so for all intensive purposes, you would think that, oh, you're not blessed. Nothing will amount. You won't amount to anything. No, they were going to amount to something because they trusted God. Now, although we see it in the latter part of the verse, we're going to get to it shortly because here's the bottom line. We see how they were helped because it says they were helped they were basically given into the hand, the Hagrites, the Jeter people, the those of Nefesh and those of Nodab, they lost, which means, and let me be honest, I, I thought about it. I was like, well, what was the battle really about? Why would they go against him? I believe based on what we read, remember I had us read it specifically back in verse number 10, when they made war initially with the Hagrites and they won, it was land. So quite often back in these days, land is what they were after and land is what God gave them. I truly believe they got that, but, and then some, they got so much more. I'll, I'll actually read 21 after we've looked at verse number 20, but I want you to see that in the midst, it says they, they were given back victory, right? Because they got the help that they needed. And it says in that latter part, the second part of verse number 20, they cried out to God. Listen, there is benefit in crying out to God. The Lord is faithful in that he knows what we need before we even ask. Yet he gives us the opportunity to cry out to him. He gives us the opportunity to tell him what's on our heart, to say what's bothering us, to say what the issue is. He's ever so faithful. When I looked out this word, what it meant cry out, literally it just means to cry out, to cry specifically in need. They were in need. They were overwhelmed. They went up against a larger enemy, but yet God helped them. So they cried out and God responded. Please know that I believe that this, listen, as children of God, when you know Jesus for yourself, the benefit of knowing Jesus is knowing that it, when you're encountering a situation that is not comfortable, a situation that has you potentially worried, you can cry out to him. When you cry out to God, he will hear you. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, while you're yet calling, I will answer. As we call, as we cry out, as we pour out unto God, as we speak to God about what's on our heart, what's bothering us, he will help. He will help. Look at the second part of the verse. It says, and he answered their prayers. He answered their prayers. They, the, the whole idea of answering their prayers, they, they, God listened for their prayer. God listened for their supplications. That's another word that's used sometimes for the things that we ask God for supplication, right? He listened to their requests. He listened to their prayer, whether it was them begging or asking, or, but we know that they were crying out. He heard and he answered. Gosh, that's so powerful. They cried out and God answered. We know that God answered because the first part of the text tells us that they received help, right? Verse number 20 also tells us that they, the people of that land were given to them. The Hagrites, I'm going to say it again, the Jeter people, those of Nephish and those of Nadab were given unto them. Why? Because God answered their prayers. Many of us are crawling unto God and speaking to, to God about different concerns, maybe even concerns about your job. 
The feelings you have are okay, but trust in the Lord. I believe that the psalmist, and, and next week we're going to look at a few psalms. I believe the psalmist is another tremendous example of how to trust in God. It's not about our feelings. We should not trust in our feelings. We should not trust in man. I'm going to be real with you. We need to trust in God. God is more than worthy of us being putting our trust in him. He is more than worthy for us to rely on him. He is more than worthy for us to put our confidence in him. And it's easy to be bold for God when you know he's on your side. Now, here's the thing. If you're not sure if he's on your side, now's a good time to repent. Now's a good time to apologize. Now's a good time to go back to whatever it is, the last thing that he told you that he needs you to do. In the text, we see that God answered their prayers. That is so encouraging. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's awesome to know that God always answers. Now, here's the thing. And I heard this years ago. God answers in yes, no, and wait, right? If you have not gotten a clear answer, it's time to wait. There are times where God gives us a response and God tells us what he wants us to do. But because it's new, we hesitate. Because we're afraid of what we see, we hesitate. Trust in the Lord. If you by chance hasn't, haven't had the chance to listen to my prior episodes, the first four episodes, we talk about fear. Overcome your fear. Trust God. He loves you. He has an amazing plan for you. When we trust him, we say, God, I have confidence in what you have for me. I have confidence in this situation. And I know that you're more than able to help me through. Now, the last part of why God helped them. And I love this because guess what? I truly believe that these, these, these um, Reubenites and Gadites and, and Manasseh or the children of Israel from these three tribes, I truly believe that they humbled themselves. So I didn't say that, but I believe they humbled themselves. When you cry out, there is something about crying that really brings about humility, right? Because you, as there's a way of becoming a base, because really, if you're crying out, you're recognizing that the situation that you're facing is bigger than what you can tackle. You're crying out or even pouring your supplications to the Lord. You're saying, God, I need your help. I, I believe that you can help me. You know, thank you, Lord, for those that are even struggling with the idea of believing that God can do it. I encourage you. There's an instance in the, in the New Testament where Jesus um, comes across a man who has a son, a son who is blind, who was, who's dealing with a demon, I believe. And, and he approaches Jesus asking Jesus, please, Jesus, help me. Please, Jesus, help me. But then Jesus says, and he says, if you can help, please do it, Jesus. And Jesus says, if you believe, I can. And the man says, help me in my unbelief. I apologize. I don't have the specific reference for you today, but I will have it for you at the next recording. So tune in. Um, but it is most definitely in the New Testament. The point being, ask God to help you. If you're having an issue in trusting God, you're having an issue in believing God for the situation that you're facing because of how much you've been disappointed, maybe, maybe because of the many no's. Listen, trust God. Ask him potentially, God, help me to trust you. Help me to let go of the doubt. Help me not to look at the physical circumstances. God is ever so faithful. What you'll find is he will hear you. 
Because by doing that, you're crying unto him, you're humbling yourself, and you're willing to say, God, I trust you. The last part of verse number 20, I want to make sure that we talk about, it says, because they trusted in him. Listen, all of these things happened. All of these things worked on their behalf. All of these things came to pass in favor, in favor of these individuals who are not perfect. Guys, we're not perfect, right? But thanks be to God, we serve a perfect savior in his perfection, in his mercy, in his awesomeness, they trusted God. They didn't trust their feelings. They didn't trust what they saw. Listen again, if they trusted what they saw, if the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, if they trusted what they saw before them, they would have run, right? They wouldn't have gone against these men because there was a lot of them and they were fierce warriors, fierce, fierce warriors, but they trusted him. They said, God, regardless of what we see, we trust you. Listen, today God is saying, regardless of what you see, trust me. I've, I've in my current job context, I've, you know, had some not so good news that I've received. Thanks be to God, I still have a job. And so that's why I said, God, in spite of what I hear, I trust you. It, it was a big account. It was a, a big opportunity for ministry that we had been serving for many years and the door shut, but the Lord is faithful. There are things, my friends, that we don't see that God sees. Sometimes when the Lord closes a door, he does so because he knows what's ahead. Many times he has something better, right? Many times it's potentially something he's pulling us away from. And then on the flip side, sometimes there are instances where, um, the Lord sees um, an alternative option, an option that we many times wouldn't even look to if we not be in the situation that we were potentially in. And I believe this is a word, especially for a person who may have lost their job or may be concerned about your finances or may be concerned about your home, concerned about your car payment. I get it. We are in a time where financially, Things don't look the best. If you follow the, the NASDAQ and the stocks and all of this stuff, it's easy to become discouraged. But God doesn't want us to look to those things. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to trust him. Now, yes, we're to be wise. Yes, we're to be careful about how we spend. He also wants us to turn to him and believe that no matter what it is we see, he will make a way. He will open the right door. He will shut the wrong door. He will bless us when we need that blessing. God truly is on time. It's not our timing. It's on time. And again, that's not always comfortable, but God is faithful. The last part I do want to say to you in this text, I want to make sure that we go through some other aspects. Thank you, Lord. Verse number 21, they took away their cattle. Listen to what they walked away with. Their 50,000 camels, 250,000 sheep, 2,000 donkeys and 100,000 men, all because they trusted in God, all because they casted their prayers upon God, all because they cried out unto God. He helped them. He blessed them and he gave them victory. Verse 22, this is the other thing. We got to make sure that whatever it is we're pursuing is from God. Verse number 22, for many fell slain because the war was of God 
and they settled in their place until the exile. The exile was a time when the children of Israel were carried away to Babylon. Much of the nobility, um, they were carried away to Babylon. That was punishment um, because of idol worship and different things like that. But won't go into that today. But just know that this war was from God. If you want to know if the situation that you're encountering or the job that you're going for, if you really want to know if it is God, I encourage you to pause and ask him. And here's the thing is you ask him, don't run off and just do what you want to do. Wait for an answer. Wait for an answer. Sometimes the answer is the response that the job will give you. Sometimes it's them outright saying no. Sometimes it's them saying yes, but them not giving you what you were looking for. Sometimes it's them saying yes, but they start to put all sorts of um, conditions on your employment. And then you realize that you would actually be in a bondage situation. Trust God. He has a way of opening the right door and shutting the wrong door. Thank you, Lord. And exposing the wrong door for what it is. Again, better money is not always God. All right. More money is not always God. There are times where more money means bondage and all sorts of stress. So sometimes it's it's God opening other doors that might not be as much money, but might lead to more money later on after he establishes you. Now, I, I do want to say this. After we see God move, it's important to continue to put him first, continue to give him the glory, to give him the honor. As you're telling people about what has happened in your life, give him the credit. I, I had a conversation recently with someone where I gave them three specific instances where God moved on their behalf. Two of them were healing, healing of a nut allergy, healing of asthma, entrance into a program that they wanted to do. And the person told me they didn't know the devil is a liar. God is a healer. And I knew God had done it on this young person's behalf because I had prayed for them. When you go into the victory, when you see and you get blessed with what God you what you asked God for, and sometimes with what God has promised you for, it's important that you acknowledge God for who he is and you continue to worship him. I want you to see something real quick in verse number 25. Unfortunately, these people did not continue to worship God. But they it says in verse 25, but they acted treacherously against God of their fathers and played the harlot after the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, even the spirit of Tilgath-Pilneser, king of Assyria, and he carried them away into exile. Remember, we met, we saw something about the exile, right? In verse number 22, here's where we're talking about the exile. Namely, the Reubenites, the Gadonites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them to Hala, Haber, Hara, and to the river of Gozan to this day. Now, when I looked in the believer's commentary, it said that they were the first of the children of Israel to be carried away into Babylon, into exile. There were, all of the tribes were carried away, not everyone in the tribe. It was the nobility and key people. There is consequences. There are always consequences. We don't need to be the ones that feel the consequences because we don't give God the glory. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we dive again into the concept of trusting God. No matter what you're facing, I believe that God has you hearing this message, possibly in preparation for what's to come, possibly because of what you're walking through right now. Believe me, I'm walking through some things, but I see that God is moving 
on my behalf. Have an amazing day and I'll talk to you next week.